With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to Action Movie Rewind here on Mackie and Judd and the Score North YouTube channel where we do deep dives into some of the most prominent action movies of all time, gentlemen. And this is one that Judd, in the initial iteration of Action Movie Rewind from a couple years ago, Judd put the blockade up on this one because of runtime issues. You don't like movies that go over two hours. And Face Off uh, from 1997 yeah, runs about 20 minutes over Judd's threshold here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get into this attention span length of movie issue. But this is the first time we have ever talked about this movie. Is it the first time you guys have watched this movie? I saw it as a kid at like nine or ten years old, and it freaked me out. This is not a film <laughs> that a nine or ten year old kid should be watching. Well, probably not. My, I think it's, I agree it's with not that. understandable. The uh, the Goff McKenna household had very loose rules when it came to uh, what you could and couldn't watch. Uh, which sure. pretty much didn't exist. Like I, I was taken as like a five year old to go see Beavis and Butthead do America. Like that, that's yeah. that's your threshold of what my family allowed <laughs> yeah. me to go see. I well, was brought to the theater to see the movie. And I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying that this film at that age, I don't. I think it would just scare you, and you wouldn't get it at all. Yeah, yeah. I think it. Well, I don't even know. I'll save some of these takes. I'm not sure I get it now as an adult, having watched right, it but it was ten fun. different times. But it's interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, so all right, we'll dive into to, to all of the details and our statements and grades off of this movie. But this Action Movie Rewind specifically is presented by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. They should come up with some sort of way to place uh, bets on movies, too. That would be kind of fun. Uh, but it's the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports and get a sweat on games. And it's so easy to use the app that Judd can do it, for crying out loud. He's been uh, all yeah, throughout the, the hockey playoffs putting his little uh, his little little picks in. So coming up is the football season. And for season-long drafts, if you're like us, and you just don't want to, sometimes you're busy on the weekend or whatever, you don't have to, you don't want to have to get up and read all the news reports on players. No waivers, no trades, no lineup setting. You draft a roster of football players at the beginning of the season. Underdog will take the highest-scoring players each week, and those are your starters. So if one of them is injured, it doesn't matter. You just won't be counted for your score that week. No stressing over the day-to-day or week-to-week management. If you want to be more involved, you can also do uh, week-to-week and and daily for some of the other sports, too. But if you enter the promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 bonus cash. Promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. Let's also shout out our friends at Aquaside here before we do a dive into face-off. Declan, it is summer lake season, after all. It is, and it's going to be a nice another 
scorching hot weekend here in the Twin Cities or if you're going up to the cabin at all, and there's be nothing worse than when you get up to the cabin and you run off the dock and you put your toes in the water and you step on that lake weed or algae. It's not fun at all. That kills a vibe pretty quick. Well, Aquaside and Aquaside pellets can help you remove that product. They're safe products. They're registered with both the EPA and the DNR. They're located in White Bear Lake, but you can also buy their products at Aquaside.com. Go to Aquaside.com to learn more. All right, boys. Here's the summary of Face Off, the 1997 blockbuster classic. Obsessed with bringing terrorist Caster Troy to justice, Caster Troy played by Nicolas Cage, FBI agent Sean Archer, played by John Travolta, tracks down Caster Troy, who has boarded a plane in Los Angeles. After the plane crashes and Troy is severely injured, possibly dead, Archer undergoes surgery to remove his face and replace it with Troy's. As Archer tries to use his disguise to elicit information about a bomb from Troy's brother in prison, Troy awakes from a coma and forces the doctor who performed the surgery to give him Archer's face. Yes. (laughs) 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. The critic consensus from Rotten Tomatoes says Travolta and Cage play cat and mouse and literally play each other against a beautifully stylized backdrop of typically elegant, over-the-top John Woo, the director, violence. $80 million budget turned into $246 million at the box office. This movie starred John Travolta, Nick Cage, Gina Gershon, Joan Allen, and it was directed by John Woo, who's considered one of the major figures in Hong Kong cinema and action movies. And this was his first chance to really do his own thing in the United States. Very successful Uh, A few production notes for you guys. The first actors who were envisioned by the writers to play Sean Archer and Caster Troy were Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hmm. Hmm. You know, that doesn't shock me. I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah, I'm trying to to envision that one. At that time, that that makes a lot of sense for who you would go after, but I'm glad they didn't get them. Also, the voice box only changes the pitch of your voice to sound like the other person. Oh, but would it, would it, would already. it, now you're going like football. Sylvester Stallone's sort of, uh, would it, would it change the dialect too? And then the accent, how would you deal with the accent that Arnold Schwarzenegger had? Probably what I got next. Have, they could have adjusted the storyline. <laughs> My guess is that they would have tweaked the script. I don't know. You never know. Seems pretty ironclad to me. So Johnny Depp wanted to play Sean Archer, but then he passed on the role after reading the script. LOL. That's kind of funny. John Woo instead hired John Travolta and Nicolas Cage to play those characters. This movie has been labeled as part of the holy trinity of Nicolas Cage films, along with Con Air and The Rock. This was an incredible run for Nicolas Cage here. He was, uh, yes, he, he was great. So is he now essentially retired? No, not at all. Okay. No, What's he's he been doing? making he's been making a lot of obscure films over the past ten or fifteen years, and he just did okay. a movie sort of about yeah. himself. Oh, yeah. that's right. With, that's uh, right. I forgot about that. That's Pablo right. Pascal. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's been very much active, but I think okay. he I think he lives in a different country. Doesn't, doesn't he live in like Scotland or something? Sounds right. Oh. Remember when he ran into Eduardo Escobar on like a twins road trip like four years ago, and and oh, Eduardo yeah. Escobar and Nicolas Cage got a Loves selfie. Him. And Escobar was a huge Nicolas yeah. Cage. Fan. That's right. God. It's probably from these films, though. This was an epic run. Yes, actor. it was. So, all right, let's start with Judd here. Uh, what is your first statement about Face Off? 
Uh, it's going to have nothing to do with the length of this film. My first statement is this. Travolta and Cage were absolutely perfect for this film, and I loved those characters as far as, like, how they, they were interpreted. I mean, the script... Like, we could debate the script, and we could debate, certainly, and I'm sure that we will, the storyline, but, like, how they exchanged personalities, and I, I thought that this was probably, as an actor, as fun of a challenge and as fun of a role, or I should say roles, plural, as you can possibly get, because of how different the characters had to ch- had to turn into while be like I got confused at times sort of watching it as to like what who was who and what was what. But it was brilliant. And I really thought acting wise, Travolta and Cage nailed it. It's it's actually pretty amazing acting work, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because yeah, because the first part of the movie they're they're playing not themselves, but like they're they're playing their own characters. So it's it's like third level acting, right? You're yes. You're playing so the first part is you're playing a character. So it's yourself playing a character. But then the next level is you're playing the other actor's right. version of the character. Correct. So Travolta's <laughs> character went from being this buttoned-up FBI agent to being an FBI agent who was a terrible person. Yeah. And I actually thought both of them did a really good job. Yeah, it is. it is. I mean, it's as weird as it is to say because as corny and it. hokey as this movie kind of is, Yep. It's some incredible acting by those mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. If this had been Arnold and Stallone, Train wreck, I think it would have right? fallen. Yes, I think it would have fallen woefully short. And if this film didn't have the right people in those roles, I don't think this film was good. Because these guys, you can you can make fun of Nicolas Cage and John Travolta for their acting styles and sort of being over the top and corny and stuff, but they're actually in their in their own way, yes. they're very good actors. You know, they can they can stretch the walls of credibility and stuff too. And can Sylvester Stallone do that? Like, I mean, he's Rocky; he's great as Rocky. But I, I mean, we watch some films where he tries to yeah. stretch his acting ability. And with all due respect to a great one, I'd say it falls short. Yeah, he's always it's because it, within the Rocky franchise, especially the first two, like the first one won an Academy Award, right? Didn't did yes. did he yeah. did he win the Academy Award for Best Actor too? I can't remember, but like yeah. it's widely regarded as just an incredible piece of cinema and acting and everything. But then once you take him outside of that realm, he's just kind of different versions of Rocky Balboa, right? He's Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Uh, who's Ram- used to fight Rambo. in Vietnam or yeah. Yeah. He's, he's right. Rocky Balboa gaining 50 pounds in Copland and more subdued or whatever. So anyhow, Declan, all right. Uh, my first statement is, yeah, I would, I would just find a different way to defuse this bomb. Uh, I'll, I'll take the chances <laughs> that either the bomb goes off yeah. or I'd find another way. I, there's no way in hell I would swap faces <laughs> with someone else to make this happen. There were very few questions asked, too. At first, I he know. was like, whoa, wait a second. No. And then they were like, no, we, we, no, we, can, we can do this. And, can then, do it. and then, you know, five minutes later, he's just in after, prison. After as... one failed interrogation, he's like, I guess I got to do it. I guess I got to yeah. swap faces with There's the guy. There's no other way to defuse this bomb. We've yeah. been defusing bombs for years and years. This, this is the way to do it. Now. I, uh... He goes home, too, and, and tells his wife, oh, I got one more thing I got to do. 
There's one more thing you got to do. You're about to have major surgery to have your face changed. Also, I have questions, too, of when Nicolas Cage wakes up, okay, and realizes his face is gone. I think... I think you'd have a much more traumatic experience that you realize your face is off. And also, he is talking and enunciating like he has lips. Did you notice that? Like, when you cut off the but, face. But he's, but he's trying to, this is where we get to that like third level uh, inception here. You can tell that he's trying to talk like he doesn't have lips. But it's very obvious that he does have, have lips because, you know, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off Declan here. My my first statement is the face swap thing has a lot of holes. Yep. A lot of holes. First of all, wouldn't there be more scarring? Totally. Wouldn't you be able to see, like, lines down? Well, let me I, – I did Google last night just for a nose job. Mm-hmm. So not a whole face, but, like, just for a nose job. How long does it take to look somewhat normal for the swelling to go down? And most publications say – Three to four weeks, and you and you start to look fairly normal. Correct me if I'm wrong, but these dudes are walking out of that clinic. It, it's it's not like a month long timeline. They're walking out of the clinic, no. like the, like the day of. It's like day of surgery. Archer oh, goes great. like yeah. right to jail. No Damn. swelling. No. Fun. No infections. No scarring. Nothing. They just. I don't know. Um, the, the other thing too is at the end, when Caster Troy is slicing his face with yeah. a knife. Yeah. Wouldn't those scars be on Sean Archer's face? Those are like knife wounds to your face. Yes. Within the like within the uh, diameter of the actual incisions that the surgeons would be cutting. Wouldn't you just have a giant knife scar down your face now? You'd think so. Yeah, you would. You'd think so. Okay. Just want to throw those out. There was a couple, a couple things missing there. I mean, we could get into the whole. Yeah, the holes this is the thing. I'm waiting for you. Yes, yes, the holes yeah. were enormous. Uh, <laughs> I'll add one. The voice box mechanism that's installed. All right. So, so um, Sean Archer is Caster Troy because he doesn't sound exactly like Caster after the initial surgery. They're like trying to get it so that he sounds exactly like him because the whole premise is he's going to go into prison quickly fool the brother and get the information and potentially get out well if you notice during the course of that whole scene the doctor said to the character travolta's character he said if you get like hit a certain way it's going to jar that loose and there's a problem oh i'm right right after that happens Sean Archer, as Caster Troy, gets in like 18 significant fights, all of yes. which would have jarred that loose. <laughs> yes, but it wasn't he, until the very end that it finally got jarred yes, loose. Yes, but I mean, in prison, <laughs> he, he is in, in this right. prison, he is routinely getting his ass kicked. Yes. So okay. that's sort of a problem. Another thing, too, I feel like because we just did Independence Day last week. I feel like these mid-90s action movies were way too overconfident in what mid-90s computer technology was oh, God, actually yeah. capable of. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, so, special and, effects, no question. Well, I'm not even talking about special effects. I mean, like, within the plot. So Independence Day, they said, <laughs> I know that we just basically invented the Internet a few a few years ago, and, we, and we're mostly using, you know, Macintosh computers to play Oregon Trail here. But our computers are sophisticated enough to hack into 
alien invaders that traveled light years in 15 mile wide spaceships and are hovering over 50 yep. major cities. It's like, I don't know that you're quite there yet technologically. And in this movie, it's like, we have the technology to implant a voice box in your throat and we can set it to the exact tone and dialect, everything of yep. some other human. Yep. And it'll only take like 10 minutes of tinkering with, it's like, it's like Declan post-producing a podcast or something. Like, oh, we'll just uh, trim a little here, and we can, uh, you know, raise the volume over there, and we're good. Really? I don't know. I don't know that we're there yet technologically in 1997. But we can't put an electronic strike zone in baseball still in 2022. But why would Funny. you tell the character, this can't get jarred? Like, don't even use the line. Because I or, wouldn't even thought yeah. of it. And they did, and then it's like, oh, he's going to sound exactly like Archer again in, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, those prison scenes. He basically gets his butt kicked four times, like right away. Oh, yeah, maybe they were body blows. Yeah, man. Maybe they didn't, uh, you know, get him. Oh, yeah, get him up under the come near his chest. <laughs> All right, uh, back to Judd here. Nope, Declan. Uh, it's it, it, technically you, but I will go. Didn't you? Did you really oh, get a statement? I thought I just you, made a statement. I thought you were just more bantering about, but I can go again. That's all right. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. We're off to a roaring <laughs> start statement. next when we rewind today. I'm, I'm, I'm less blood right now. I'm a little lightheaded, but we'll, we'll, we'll go here. Uh, my, my next one is, is Nicolas Cage is phenomenal, and he's the perfect sleazebag in this movie. So we talked about how they had to basically, yeah, they have to switch roles, essentially, about when, when they do the face swap. But, like, the, the entire 30 minutes that lead up to Travolta, I'm like, man, Travolta's character is, like, he's kind of a wuss kind of a weenie like I, I don't really like I, I feel like they oversold him as like he's this detective and he's been through a lot his son was killed and Nicolas Cage was the one who killed him but it's just like I couldn't gravitate towards him. I didn't take him seriously at all and then once you swap the faces right once you put now Nicolas Cage as as the bad guy into John Travolta you get to kind of see more of John Travolta are, are you saying that Nicolas Cage carried John Travolta in this movie yes Yes. Wow. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because uh, wow. the original Travolta character, his character first twenty, like, it's just so uninspiring to me. Like I, I just, I, I had, yeah. Oh, and you're the, saying Cage breathed life into yes. John Travolta's yes. character? Yes. I thought, I thought whole, Travolta as Caster Troy was the best character in the movie, and that was the whole goal, though. Correct. Was, was to go from one extreme. Like they did that all very much on purpose. So once I once I realized that, I I started realizing, oh, yeah. this is why they made Travolta look like kind of like a wuss, kind of right. like an uninspiring dude in the first 25 minutes, because like the first that first half hour in the airport scene and everything else, I'm like, this is. Travolta's character stinks. Like, I, I, I don't understand why they cast him in this role, and then it made sense as the movie carried on. But Cage is the one who carries it. Cage is the perfect sleazebag. The dude is a creep the entire film, too. Like, he is perfect in this movie. Yeah. Peak Nick no, Cage. He's, uh, yeah, I agree. Okay, is it back to me here? Yes. Yep. Um, this would be really, really hard to explain to your wife. I know. So at the end, when, when he... He looks like Caster Troy. Sean Archer comes in looking like Nicolas Cage, Caster Troy. Yeah. And he's trying to explain what's happening to his wife. Yep. And in that moment, his wife thinks, oh, the killer of my child is in my bedroom right now. What's happening? And I was thinking, how would I attempt to explain this in that moment to my wife as she's staring at me thinking that I'm the absolute last person that she ever wants to be in a right. room with? Right. And I thought he did a pretty good job. You know, he started bringing up things that only they would know together, right? Very detailed yeah. things about their first date or whatever it was. But, um, yeah, can't, can't imagine how impossible that would be to try and explain to your wife. 
There is one, so off your point there, there is one major, major flaw that they just, I don't even think they have fun with. They just gloss right past, and that's this. They exchanged faces, and we know in the case of Sean Archer that when he became Caster Troy, they took off the bullet wound scar, okay? Mm -hmm. But when, but when, Nicholas Cage becomes Archer and decides that he is going to have as much fun with Travolta's wife as he possibly can and goes home. And like now all of a sudden he wants to be intimate a lot of the time. You know, I don't think there's one thing that they exchanged. So wouldn't you recognize the difference there? That's dark. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't be thinking about it. Oh, I I'm see just what saying. Judd's saying. Some- you're you're saying, saying you're saying so they're getting it on, and and your husband Sean Archer, yes. who's really Caster Troy, but looks like Sean Archer, but has Caster should Tro- have a giant scar on his left pectoral or right pectoral. No, I'm saying I below saying. that there below would be a change in anatomy. Oh. I'm saying below the belt, your wife would be like <laughs> that looks different, or or, or wait a minute, dif- yeah, yeah. feels so- don't say feels. Why do I guess no, I feel? That's disgusting. I, look, dude, it's life, man. It's life. I'm just telling you right now, I think that there would be a, I think that that would be, <laughs> unless not. it was changed, unless yeah, they dude. changed, unless is they swapped it, them. Is it possible that they're similar? <laughs> just, are they similar down there? I don't know. I'm just bringing They probably up. are. We don't the know. How much is, different can they know? be? Yeah. I think we're fine. But what if they are? I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, it, it also sounds a good like point, sounds like maybe they haven't. It sounds like her and it's it had been a while that her and her and her husband right. had, in her diary said it had been at least a couple months, right? From from the point that she wrote whatever it was, so it, maybe she forgot what it. I'm not going to use the okay. word feels. <laughs> this is incredible. No, this is what we do. This is the breakdown of what we do on this. This I'm just telling you if we're going to have some of the theoretical flaws, this is a flaw. Don't you think she would, and she did notice some personality changes, but she just thought, oh, he's like kind of feeling himself because he, you know, diffused a bomb. Wouldn't you know pretty quickly if if Dawn came home one day and she was just totally different, arrogant and just a totally different personality, would you, what would you think? Just think, oh, I guess. (laughs) You saw faces with somebody. But But would you question it? Would you be like. Or would you just roll with it? She I don't, did sort of question it, though. Because at some point in time, when yeah, he seemed like a different about, person, yeah. I'm going to get what I want. There, there's some scene where he, he's like, I asked for this and I asked for that. And she's like, this doesn't seem like you, Sean. Right. Yeah. All right. Here's my statement. I believe that this film sets a record, and this is an impressive one if it's true, for diving and shooting. <laughs> I don't think I have ever seen and by the way this is a, a staple of action films mm-hmm. so I realize what I'm saying here but I don't think I have ever seen so many scenes with diving and shooting as I saw in this film and we've reviewed yeah, there's John quite Wick a bit too yeah there probably is a lot of diving and shooting I wonder if someone's ever done a deep dive into this topic here let me just do a quick Google search How many I mean it is it feels like every shootout of which there's a bunch there's two or three times that somebody dives and shoots. Diving while shooting in movies. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. This is this seems like uncharted territory for someone to do a study. The analytics Maybe this is this could be, be your done. life's work here, Judd. The yeah. analytics. 
have to be done. That's what we need. I'm telling you right now, I think that this might be the most I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dex it's, is it's, right, John. I know, it's hard. Definitely. I feel like there's some Arnold Schwarzenegger movies yeah. where he's sort of like parallel to the ground Seagal. while holding a couple Uzis. Seagal probably has had some think... barrel rolls. Seagal yeah. doesn't use guns, does he? That's right. He's more of his fists. That's right. Seagal yeah. uses his hands. Yeah. But I, I don't think Seagal's dive. Like, like the di- I think to dive and shoot, you have to be in decent shape. As, as an actor, yeah, and Seagal is such a big dude. Well, no, he's in, I mean, he's in good shape. I, I just don't know that he ever allows himself to be put in a situation where yeah. he needs to be diving and shooting. He's always he always has the upper hand in all of his true because he's so strong physical yeah, interactions. You know? All right, Declan. All right, my next statement. Uh, I had no idea so many amazing memes from Nicolas Cage came from this movie, and I have yeah. I have pictures to prove it here on the screen. I had no oh idea this was from Face Off. Had yep. no idea. I also didn't know this classic one, which is a terrifyingly creepy scene at the beginning of the movie with uh, yeah, he a looks, pastor looks, guy. Looks like a vampire, but yeah. he's dressed as a pastor for the audio audience. Yeah. And I have seen this gif rotating <laughs> around the internet for years and never knew it was this movie. Was this? I never knew that this was from Face Off. I forgot. Yep. So I had no yeah, idea. That's wow, that's him that's in the work. prison with yeah. his sort of psychotic. I think he was trying to convince yeah. his brother that it was that it was him or something because his brother was obviously kind of questioning it. But yeah, I forgot that there was so many legendary memes that are now have oh, exploded yeah. in the last like what four to five years, all from this movie. Had no idea. Yep. There's a couple too. I think from John Travolta too in this movie that definitely uh, qualify as viral memes. I still have like a bunch more statements here. I'll, I'll throw this one out. I don't know that headphones were going to keep that kid calm. Oh, yep, I got kid statement. So he had what was it the somewhere over the rainbow? Yeah, and yeah, which a, by, is a great use of that song while people are dying. Yes, yeah. this, I love that use of that song. It's this just horrific scene, this gun battle between yep. the FBI and all these you know drug smuggler murderer types, and this poor kid. Is in the middle of all of this. They just pops his mom pops some headphones on Gina Gershon and says, "All right, let's put a little. We'll just we'll just crank up some soothing music here." And he's just kind of running around with a smile on his face while people are shooting each other up with Uzis inside of this condo, wherever they were. I just I don't know that those headphones would have been enough to keep that kid calm. One of my statements too was these bad guys are exceptionally good with children. Like like they they, they are very conscious of this kid of of his yeah. surroundings and he's like kind of part of their gang to a degree from a, from a further part. His, like, number one henchman knows who he is and whatnot. They are literally doing everything they can. Like, usually bad guys, they don't care about the kid. What have they ever cared about a kid? These bad guys really, really like this kid. It's weird. Would you have taken the kid in? Like, at the end of the movie? The Archer family took that kid in, adopted How the, the kid. family survive that whole thing? I think that, fa- that family would have collapsed. I think There's I would have. No the Archer family? Yeah, they all, no way that thing at the end works. I think they all would have to go their separate ways. For sure, I mean, multiple the times a week from in therapy. The daughter being The daughter is this out of control, you know, which is not un- unbelievable, teenage uh, kid. And then at the end, she's like, oh, I'll show you your room. Yeah, wow. it's a little, yeah, little far fetched. Yeah, I probably taken the kid in. Probably taken him in. I think they felt bad because they killed the first kid, and so they they like tried to show that they like kids after that. Who's they? That the bag, the group of the filmmakers. Oh, the filmmakers. The filmmakers. filmmakers. I think you're saying the, the filmmakers are trying to show that they like kids. That that's well, the reason. Well, the, they off the first kid. Yeah. Right. And so then I think they were trying to to show a soft side for kids because they killed because you don't kill kids a lot in movies. I don't think that was a uh, part of the plan. 
I don't know that. Well, I they were sure nice this, to him. Judd logic. Yeah, yeah. they were sure nice Judd to him. Logic, All yeah. I'm saying is, is that Dex is right. Like everyone, like handled the kid perfectly. I don't know about that. Okay. All right, back to back to Judd here. Back to me. Um, another flaw. Another flaw. A guy who gets shot in the neck and stays alert enough, like we saw in that one scene, before he topples over and dies, is a little bit far-fetched. There's a scene where a guy gets shot in the neck, and he's, like, holding the blood in and talking before he collapses and dies. But he's talking completely oh, yeah. coherently and, <laughs> and giving instructions, and it's like, dude, you just got shot in the neck. My Was guess that the bald guy? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and then he goes, yeah, "We've had some, we've had some good times, good haven't times. we?" Yeah. And then, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like he's totally coherent until he dies. He got shot in the neck. Yeah, that was bizarre. That was a little bit bizarre too. Yeah. All right, Declan. Uh, so I have more of a of a question statement for you guys. So if you if you you do you do the face off with someone, you, you do the face swap. Excuse me, you do the face swap with someone. But mm-hmm. let's say you weren't able to get it back. So you weren't able to get your face back, and now you're transported on this man's body for the rest of your life. Would you be able to live with yourself? Like, would you be able to coexist and go on with your new life or live into that person's life for the rest of your days? Because I don't but think it, I could. It depends on who, right? It's it's 100% dependent on who you're swapping faces and lives with. Well, th- then also, like, so you swap faces, and now you have two choices. You can either try to live the life that they're living or you can try to ex- explain it away to your the people in your old life, which starting with your wife, maybe your kids, but then think about all the other people you'd have to explain it to. It would almost just be too consuming, right? Yeah, I don't think I could. Uh, I think you'd have to start a new life. I think yeah, I'd have to out. start a new life. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Like that, that's what I was thinking about throughout the course of this film. Oh. Of like, what if like this? I know at the end that their faces come back. So I was like, I know what happens here. But what if? They couldn't. Like, what if one of them died, and now you're stuck, and now they have to take in Nick Cage as their now husband? Like, I was just thinking that that was that's what I was thinking about the last like 30 minutes of the film. I don't think I could do it too. If if it was me and I had to face swap with like a mortal enemy of mine, I can't really think of like who I loathe so much that I would have to face swap with them. But I don't think I could do it. You'd also, I feel like the face swap almost has to be people of similar age too, because. Right. Just think about all the if if you swap faces with someone who's ten or twenty years older, just you essentially, maybe your body and your organs wouldn't age like your face, but your your face would look twenty years older than your body feels. Right. It's another thing too. Oh. It would depend on who, you know, if they're living a miserable life or something, or they're in jail like Caster Troy. Then yeah, I'm going to try and get my old life back. But. You know. But are you? But like, what I didn't get to is so. They killed the doctor who was this rare doctor who could do the face swap. But then at the end, they're they're like, they've called Washington and they're going to get the best face. I mean, how how many doctors do the face swap thing? <laughs> and like, it wouldn't, right. it wouldn't be a really common thing. It wouldn't be like, yeah, I just went to Joe down the street. He's going to do my face swap now because the other guy got lit up, literally. And how is it possible that on the initial face swap, a couple things here. Actually, this is going to this, this is going to be a segue into my... This movie ranks in the top five of most incompetent portrayal of law enforcement. So let's oh God, let's, start, yeah. let's start with the well. Uh, we talked about the shootout. Uh, the FBI pulls a raid on Castor Troy's hideout and fails. Like they they do it. They sneak up. They're the freaking FBI. They've got all these resources and they're 
you know, they're invading what, like six or seven just random drunk and high criminals and the FBI mm-hmm. can't overtake them. So major incompetence. Yeah. Uh, allowing the escape from prison, another just major incompetence. He's about to be, was he going to be electrocuted or just just shock punished? I don't know. I think, but, shock, pu- I yeah. think shock punished. I think you're right. And so it's him yeah. and then it's the other guy who is probably only operating at like 25% capacity because he was just shock punished too. And right. they overtake a whole room whole full prison. of prison security guards. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But how was how was Caster Troy allowed to just sit inside a plastic surgery room alone and unsupervised? And then how is he allowed to kill everyone that came to check on him? Get the surgery, get the surgery first, then kill everyone, kill everyone that checked on him and kill everyone that apparently knew that this surgery happened in the first place. Yes. Like, like what? Incompetence Doesn't make any across sense. the board. And then once he escapes prison yeah. caster troy goes through these long stretches of nobody looking for him yeah he all of a sudden he'd like be he's like just driving around his driving around you know he gets he off that base and then all of a sudden house. he's just like in that car like driving back in the neighborhood there is like a big hole yeah. i think of like what was the gap between you jumping off that alcatraz like prison and you finding a sedan like what what happened between those two incidents <laughs> but, and he just sort of escaped and then they're like oh he escaped oh okay it's over right now yeah, I don't know. Yeah, did he swim ten miles? You're like, right, I, though. I thought the same thing. I mean, just incompetence across the board. Yep. Yes, exactly. Uh, do you guys have any more statements on this movie? Yes, I've got a few more. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do too. <laughs> let's, I have. Let's, let's rapid fire here. I have never seen suits that were this tough, and I mean literally, their suits. There are fights with suits on. There are no tears in the suits. That's the ties stay on when when the plane crashes. Like those those guys would have been. I mean, those suits would have been. The jackets would have been ruined. Everything would have been ruined. I think at one point Travolta's tie is sort of like undone a little bit. Yeah. Um, the speedboat scene, the boat scene where they are, where at one point, um, I think it was the Caster Troy character is is basically on his dress shoes water skiing. Yeah. The shoes are fine. The shoes, nothing happens to the shoes. Both yeah. of them are, these are, these are the most impeccable, impervious to damage suits I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it is pretty impressive. I don't know, are these, what material are they made out of? What co- what country were they produced in? It's incredible. Oh, man. Dex? Uh, I did notice that this film was nominated for Best Sound Editing at the Oscars, which I found a little weird, though. Like, when I, I mean, like, there's some explosions, right? And there's there's, like, a prominent plane and boat crash. But I thought it was a little far-fetched to be, like, best sound editing material at the Academy Awards. What do you mean? They had, they had voice boxes implanted in their, right. in their throats. It, uh, what, it, I just... Well, I thought, I thought that's it was a little, about as much voice editing as, as you can yeah, possibly put together. Really good. I, I don't think mm. of... When I think of this amazing, hilarious movie, and I'm excited for a ranking at the end, uh, I don't think sound editing is, like, one of the things... Or the original <laughs> score of the film, either. Like, I, I don't look at that as, as the two things that I... I take away from this film. I thought that was really yeah. interesting and weird. Yeah, it's an interesting category. Sure. Sliding your hand down your wife and kids' faces is weird. I found that to be a weird family ritual by the archers. It's the and it's all of them. It's the. I didn't even think about that. It's the it's the husband, the wife, Sorry. and then the daughter does it to the new kid too. Mm-hmm. It's like this right. weird alien way that they greet each other. They just slide fingers down each other's faces. 
Did that's they? A, that's a violation of personal space, even with a spouse. Like, if I ever did that to Jonna, she would probably take a step back and slap me. Like, yeah. why? Are you, what are you doing? Stop touching my face. It's weird. I, yeah, I agree with you. At the beginning of the film, when the kid gets shot and Nicolas Cage is calling back to him, did he do that? I'm trying to remember if he like if he like symboled that like oh my god like my, my son is dead. I wonder if it came from that because you're right. It is have. it's very specific and it's very weird. And like I I live with a very inappropriately close family. Like I grew up with a very inappropriately close. We are a touching, hugging, kissing family. That Bill Hader SNL skit where they like brings a girlfriend back home. They're all kissing each other on the lips between every other word. That is <laughs> that to a li- little bit of a lesser degree is my family. But the touching of the face, yeah, too much, too much going on there. It's just kind of not necessary. Weird, not necessary. It's just kind of weird. Okay, back to me. Nineteen ninety-seven. I've got my knit. I've got my special effects knit. Okay, it is when the scene where the boat is flying through the air, and the actors look like basically two toy dolls against a green screen well they either look like toy dolls or they're very clearly stuntmen. It's like different camera angles show either. Toy dolls, or yep. very clearly, two different people than Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. But they also don't, it doesn't look, but it's like not a good stunt then. It's like done against a green screen. Like you can tell it's not, they're not really flying. What, it, you wanted like them to actually a launch a, a, a fiery boat off of a jump? No, I want it to look, I want it, if you we can't get an extra make 20 it bucks look an hour real, there, stunt if guy. you can't make it look real, then do something else. But instead, I think they, I think what they did was they took a green screen. And a, and a couple huge fans and said, throw your arms up in the air and look like, like you're flying through the air. And then they like introduced like some type of fake background. Anyway, that to me was the 1997 woefully inadequate special effect. Yeah, I thought uh, that was I, hilariously I, I, funny. I think they were making some progress watch around this time. It's like very obviously yeah. someone that does not look like John Trolls. All right, Dex. Uh, I'm, I'm out of statements, to be honest, in this film. I'm All right. I'll get, I, got one, I got one more here for you. and then I'm... This movie is way better than the plot would indicate. And we've already gone over like a half hour's worth of things here. But if you were to explain to me, if I were to read this exact. So forget about the actors involved or anything. If I would have said, all right, so uh, obsessed with bringing a, a terrorist to justice, an FBI agent swaps faces with him while he's in a coma to get inside information about where a bomb might be planted. And then the bad guy winds up getting the FBI agent's face attached to his own face, and then they're going to do battle with each other for like two more hours. Yep. Is this going to be a good movie? And you'd probably just laugh at it and say, what? No, this is absurd. This is ridiculous. That makes no sense. How would they swap faces? But then when you say John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, right. okay, okay. Yeah, all right. Exactly. So explaining the plot of this movie is laughable, but the end product winds up being, pretty well, good. let's face it, 25 years later, pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if they had if they had gotten Cage and the wrong person, it still, it could have been terrible. Because, yeah, if you don't get those two or good actors, because the switch of the roles to me is what was so impressive. You know, this gets me thinking about other potential face-off concepts. Maybe it's not even action movies. Maybe it's like romantic comedies or other comedies. I was watching Tommy Boy last night on TV oh. while falling asleep. God, all-time great film. What about um, a David Spade and Chris Farley face swap? 
I'll da- give you and, one. and David Spade has to act like Actually, Chris Farley for two hours in a movie. Go, Judd. I'll give you one. What was the Gosling Carell film that's actually really good? The Gosling uh, where, what where, where, where Steve Carell, oh, his daughter. Oh, Crazy Stupid Love. Okay. That sort of was this. If you think about how their it personalities was, yeah. morphed and shifted, and Gosling at first is the super cocky, and Carell is like very insecure, and his wife has just left him, mm-hmm. and then Gosling gets Carell into his camp, and Steve Carell's character really changes, and then Gosling falls in love with Carell's. That is, and that film is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That is a lot like this. And again, that all comes down to can you act? Yeah. Carell's yeah. damn good, and so's Gosling, to be mm-hmm. honest. I like it. I like it. Dex? Dex, what was I your... Was, I was thinking, but, like, now that I'm thinking about it more, like, it can't be two of the exact same. So, like, I was thinking, like, what if, and, and both these guys passed on and didn't really overlap too much, but, like, what if you put Chris Farley and John Candy and, like, you, you, you swap them? Because, like, I think of both those two dudes as big, hilarious, funny guys, but, like, they're both kind of the same guy. So, I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying right. to think of... Other ones that could yin and yang off each other because you can't just put two dudes who are basically the same right. type of actor. Maybe um, we can swap Tom Brady's face with Kirk Cousins. I would can do that. Thoroughly right. enjoy that. That he found me. And then we Why? would take we would take the, the the Tom Brady body with Kirk Cousins' face, and he would be the Vikings quarterback. We were having and a great brain show. And everything. We're having a great show, <laughs> and then you have to come after eight. I can make anything about Kirk Cousins, including have face some respect out. for eight. Right. Uh, have some respect for people that lose weight like Judd has over the past year. Okay, Have some respect for your body, your ripped abs. And that is, of course, thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who have helped me drop 40 pounds. I'm going to tell you an exciting story right now because the Zolgad family, aside from Stella, of course, the Zolgad family is a Livia family right now. Dawn is down 10 pounds. She's joined me, and she is having great success. And you know why? Because the Livia program works. And I'm going to tell you right now what I've been telling you the whole time. It is as simple as can be. The support uh, the dietitians give you both either in person or virtually, all of those things go into helping you drop the weight. And in my case, keep that weight off. And you can join now too. Simple Start Plan, only $59. That's right, $59, 855-GO-LIVIA. 855 go dot com Teamwork, support in your house. I'm going to tell you right now, if you both decide to drop the weight, this is the perfect time to do it. So do it today, Livia.com. Check them out. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. So, you know, summer riding season's here for those who like to hop on a Harley, an Indian, a metric cruiser, a sport bike. Dennis Kirk has what you need with 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Order before 8 p.m. They ship the same day, and shipping is free for orders over $89. Get in gear and head to DennisKirk.com. Ride more, wait less. DennisKirk.com. Okay, it's time for the definitive bad guy ratings here and also the uh, the overall entertainment value of this movie. But let's get to the, the definitive villain or bad guy rating here. Criteria is how iconic are they, how ruthless are they, and how charismatic are they on a 1 to 10 scale. Uh, so right now, the uh, the aliens from Independence Day are the, the top villain with a 7.8 out of 10 rating. The personal demons from both Top Gun movies are a 1, because they really, we should almost just put them in a completely... Separate yeah, category there. There was really no bad guy. So uh, let's start with Judd here. Caster Troy is the villain here in Face Off. Okay, I've been 
raving this entire time about the acting here. And and here's what I love about this, okay? There were two caster Troys, and both of them were damn good. I'm giving them I'm giving the bad guy a nine. I think the bad guy was really well done. And you know, I'll say it again, if it's the wrong person, it's probably terrible. Um but the the segue from Cage, who by the way, I love bad cage. Like that priest thing was so creepy, but it was so well done. Uh, Bad Cage is great. But Travolta then picking up from being, as Dex said, sort of this wimpy character and becoming Caster Troy was great too. I'm going nine. I also have it as a nine. It's a it's a pretty ruthless, charismatic character in Caster Troy. I think he does a phenomenal job throughout this film. He carries the movie, and yeah, he basically... They, the, the, it's, it's really genius writing by them to basically face swap and also act swap between the two, and they have to now play the other character. Uh, I think in terms of all the criteria that is involved for our bad guys, it's, for me, it's a 9. It's a 9 out of 10. It's a 9 for me, too. I, I had it as a 9 before you guys gave out your scores. I'm leaving room for the iconic nature of some of the other villains I'm sure that we will throw out there in future weeks. I think there's another level of iconicness that I'm not going to give a 10 to Caster Troy for. But, yeah, ruthlessness off the charts, charisma off the charts, and I think because Face Off became, you know, what, a quarter of a billion dollar success 25 years ago, and I right. think we've seen it enough on TV over the years that uh, Caster Troy has become this iconic bad guy. So, okay, overall entertainment value of this movie on a 1 to 10 scale Top Gun Maverick is the most entertaining movie we have done in the last couple months since we brought Action Movie Rewind back. It's a 9.3. And then Gone in 60 Seconds, another Nicolas Cage flick, was a 4.7. That's the worst one that we've done. What would you give this one, Judd? This film had a lot of flaws. The writing wasn't great. The acting, I thought, was really, really solid and good. Um. I also would like to say this. I was wrong on time of film. Like this could have been cut a bit, but it was pretty entertaining. Like it, it didn't, it didn't get to like two ten, and I'm like, this sucks. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Okay. I was tempted for an eight, but again, the actual plot itself had some real holes that they just didn't care about. Um, but based on the fact that I thought Travolta and Cage were fantastic really seven and a half for me okay to me it's an eight it's an eight out of ten i think it's a really entertaining film it's 25 years old and it still holds up um it's it's got a ruthless hilarious bad guy in caster troy uh john travolta's character his progression as caster troy then takes over him i think is phenomenal too um i would 100 percent stop and watch this movie if it was on tv so i give it an eight it's an eight out of ten for me yeah it's a it's an eight and a half for me Eight and a half. It's it's. I, I actually I ding it a little bit for runtime. Not gonna lie. I thought I thought long. there was fifteen or twenty minutes where it just kind of dragged, maybe in the around the halfway point. So could they have done this movie in an hour and fifty five minutes? Yeah, I thought it dragged a little bit. So I'm kind of on Judd's side of the fence where he ordinarily is, and that gives it a, a combined score of eight for us on a one through ten scale. So Top Gun Maverick nine point three, Independence Day eight point seven, Top Gun eight point three, Face Off an eight followed by Point Break, Twister, and Gone in 60 Seconds. So there you have it. That is a, a full deep dive into Face Off, a classic. And, boys, I'm just kind of going through our list here. of uh, I'm, I'm trying to pick off some movies that 
maybe we've done before, but Declan wasn't a part of because we did like two months worth of these in early 2020 when Jonathan and Rami were with us on Mackie and Judd. And one of those movies was from the same era here. It's an iconic all-time classic. Box office hit through and through, and it's constantly on reruns. Air Force One for oh. next week, boys. Yeah, I've never seen it. Oh. Never seen it. Oh. Never seen it. I know the iconic like line. Harrison but, uh, Ford, but, uh, get off my plane. plane. Uh, but I've never seen this movie. Nope. Amazing. Okay. All right, we're going to we're going to do Air Force 1, another another late 90s one here from uh from late the wheelhouse. 90s were just this an unbelievable run of blockbusters. It was a peak era, mid to late really 90s was. was a peak era for action movies, for sure. So, there you have it. All right, that's Action Movie Rewind, deep dives into some of the most prominent action movies in cinematic history with Mackie and Judd.